to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. No subject is terrible if the story is true, if the prose is clean and honest, and if it affirms courage and grace under pressure. Welcome to Narrative Analysis with Nate. Here's your host, Nate Privet. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Narrative Analysis with Nate. I'm your host, Nate Privet, and this is the show where we attempt to marry modern media, this is our TV shows, our movies, and our video games, to the narrative interpretations that we give to the stories of old. I want to look at the movies that we sit down and watch after a long day at work with the same critical eye that classic epics and poems have been given. Last week, we took a look at The Truman Show and looked at it from reader response, reader expectation. I was able to kind of build it as something that looks towards the future with how entertainment strives to get this real emotion that The Truman Show evokes, while also building on the past with allusions to Plato and this cave or this false reality that Truman mimics. This week, we'll be talking about The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and I do say we here because I was able to get somebody on for this one. Uh, this is Max Aylor joining me. How you doing, Max? Doing pretty good. Thank you for having me on the show, Nate. Uh, of course, my dude. And just before we get into this, uh, just to know a little bit about you, yeah. what, what year are you? I am a freshman mm. at Hillsdale. Oh, at, at the esteemed at, Hillsdale At the College. esteemed University of Hillsdale. And I think I'm going to be studying bio this year. Ooh, studying bio. Yes. Why are you studying bio? Uh, it, it's quite simply the easiest way to get to med school mm, through Hillsdale. I see. You know... Not, not to... If, you, if you're going to study the human body in med school, studying the human body in undergraduate, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. What are some of the passions, hobbies that you like to do? I don't know. I always love being outdoors mm. and canoeing and biking mm. are my two, I guess, favorite hobbies okay. to do. Uh, talking about canoeing and biking, that sounds like a lot of exploration. Indeed. And in this movie that we talk about, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, that definitely seems like a lot of exploration as well. Um, for those of us who, well, I say us, I've seen the movie. For those of the audience that have not seen this movie, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, can you give me a brief summary? I know that it starts with our friend, Walter Mitty the protagonist here yeah he is a negative assets manager the negative assets manager mm. at a uh, life magazine he's alone in new york city kind of living at a desk job not having fun with his life now yeah pretty pretty dead on there yes but he of course this is an adventurous movie yeah what exactly do you think inspires this adventure in him well he gets this role of film mm -hmm. and the role of film is supposed to have the life it's the quintessence of life mm -hmm. the, the company this new boss is pressing him so hard about finding it because they're trying to use it for the final cover because they're absolving uh, the company. Sorry, finding what exactly? What's in this film? They're trying to find shot number 25. So he gets a roll of film from his uh, accomplice. I can't remember his accomplice's Sh name. Um, Sean O'Connell? Sean O'Connell, The, the yeah. famous photographer, the famous Sean O'Connell in this world. Yes, big man Sean. He's never he's never actually interacted with Sean. He just kind of like directly, just it, rather received and put his work out there. Yeah, Sean's kind of like this shadow figure, almost almost a lord like figure, mm -hmm. where he's just kind of in the background but moving all these different parts in the mm. movie. Okay, because he only communicates through Telegram. So mm. like that's that's actually how we were introduced to Sean. Is he sends yeah. us uh, the role of film with a Telegram, basically saying here's the film. Mm -hmm. And so. Number 25, shot number 25 captures the quintessence yes. 
of life. But we don't have shot number 25. We don't have shot number 25. So, Uh-oh. yes. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly the issue. Is And then the boss is like, hey, where is it at? You're about to get fired. Tell me where it's at. And he goes, I don't know. So he kind of gets forced on this adventure to go find mm-hmm. Mysterious Sean. So yeah. he hops on a plane and heads over to Greenland, mm. goes to all these different people, goes from a drunk pilot to this like volcano place yeah. and then and all of these all of these things that he's doing are like you said Sean O'Connell works in the background here yeah like um the reason that he goes to Greenland is because all of the other shots in this film like l- point towards Greenland and yes. there's a name of a thing in Greenland that he's that he's driven towards yeah so Sean's working in the background here building the puzzle mm-hmm. as it goes kind of leaving I guess breadcrumbs shall we say mm-hmm. Tell us some of the fun things that happens in this adventure. You said that there was a drunk pilot. Yeah. So he basically he flies into Greenland in this little town, and he goes to the local bar to ask, oh, who can who can tell me where Sean is? This guy comes stumbling over after singing karaoke and was like, I'm the pilot. And <laughs> Those no, words? Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the pilot. pilot. Yeah. yeah. In, in, in a summary. Mm-hmm. And he goes, there's no way on earth I'm going to ride with you. Mm-hmm. Well, then this lady that he takes an infatuation with starts singing a song to him mm-hmm. and he finally builds up the courage to hop on the plane mm-hmm. well not the plane the helicopter and ride yeah. with him all the way out to this ship to go meet sean yeah yeah the man gets dropped off at the ship and they're like yeah sean's not here find your way find your way to iceland because that's where he went yep goes to iceland and they're like he's not here either go home yeah yeah so he goes home and what does he find there uh, that he doesn't have a job anymore. Mm, that's not good. The boss said, "I I don't see the I don't see the picture. You're fired." But he then goes mm-hmm. home and sees his mother, and all these pictures that he's been using as breadcrumbs lead him to his mother. Yeah, and he takes it out and lines up a picture with kind of a one of the family heirlooms, a piano. Yeah, and his he goes, "Mom, why didn't you tell me Sean was here?" And she goes, "Oh, sweetie." He, he he told me not to tell you. That's how, that's oh, how yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's how it is. So <laughs> she baked Sean a cake to get through the Afghan lords and mm-hmm. I guess unrule, ungoverned Afghan, I think is the name mm-hmm. of, how, of what they described it. Yeah. So Walter booked the next flight to Afghanistan. Yeah. And then worked his way uh, up through Yemen all uh-huh. the way all the way to Afghanistan and ends up finding Sean on the side of one of the mountains. And yeah. What about this? Because I mean, you told me earlier that this is like a this is a powerful scene because Sean has been kind of dropping these breadcrumbs, yeah. leading him from Gre- Greenland to Iceland to home to Afghanistan, you know, all over the place, yeah. exploring life, if you will. Um, and now he finally meets Sean. What's this? I- I- explain to me what is this scene like? What emotion does it carry? It it has all this build up, all this potential to just kind of fall flat on its face. Mm. It's a almost mean not to say meaningless scene but you you're expecting this massive resolution and there's never really one yeah he he goes sean where's where's the picture at like where'd you put it and he goes oh it was in the wallet i gave you with the roll of film and he goes oh i Uh i I threw that out i I didn't want that anymore yeah so he's then left shotless yeah and just has to fly home with the resolution with the quintessence of life him finding it 
is the fact just going and having the adventure to mm-hmm. find it. And I think it's an important detail here is when Walter gets back home, his mother grabbed that wallet that had it had the negative in it because yeah. the it's the the picture is in negative. Yeah, yeah. And Walter chooses not to see it. Yeah, Walter doesn't Walter chooses not to see it and just blindly blindly gives it to life. Yeah. Um yeah, I think that that's kind of um, it's a very quintessential. It's not the destination, but the journey, mm-hmm. which it's it's fun because the the story doesn't really lead you on that. That's what the story is about up until you get to this kind of unsatisfying end, which then forces you to reevaluate mm-hmm. the rest of the movie as you go. Kind of a, a very fun thing there. Yeah, um, I think that's a very good summary of the story. And we need to analyze the story. Well, how exactly are we analyzing the story? Well, this week, um, we're looking at it through cultural response. So cultural response has two kind of major spheres to it. There's the culture inside of the community of the story, the fictional culture, and then the real world culture that it is being applied to. Uh, So for example, in Walter Mitty, uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, there is both the culture of the audience watching it, you know, in the movie theater, and also the culture of what exactly is happening inside the movie, the cubicle desk job, exploring Afghanistan, all of these things. Um, and the emphasis of cultural response is kind of understanding the background that you as an audience member have in what you bring to the story. So it, it's kind of like reader response, which is what we did last episode, but it's more focused on not just what you as a reader bring or you as an audience member bring, but what you as a member of a culture bring. And then also what the story with its own culture brings. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so there, there's two layers, and let's take these layers as they are. Um, what do you think that the secret life of Walter Mitty has to say about the culture that you are bringing to the table, the real world? Well, I think, honestly, I think that message has shifted a little bit yeah. because the movie was made in 2013. Mm-hmm. So I think since since the movie's been made, we've seen a very big shift towards outdoors and towards the more adventurous style life yeah. of Walter Mitty. Whereas the time in 2013, we were just ending the big recession and all the the striving towards career success as the main factor in life as and that's yeah. shifted greatly so so the secret life of walter mitty at its at its inception in 2013 was kind of this contra or mm-hmm. against the, na- the, yeah. the 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 culture that it was in because this culture was so focused and hyper fixated on uh, career success exactly and then you have this story about a man whose career is pretty successful the the highlight of it is not the success of his career, but rather the adventures he goes on. Yes. Yeah. Um, sometimes in spite of his career. Exactly. When it comes to exploration, I don't know. You, of course, are an explorer yourself. How do you think that this movie resonated with you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, a lot of the shots that they had in Greenland, like with the background noise, well, noise music. Yeah. With the background music and just the shots, like I want to go bike there. Yeah, it, like uh, if anything, this movie made me want to go to places more. So it's it succeeded in doing that. It succeeded say, in what it wanted to do. Um, I was lucky enough to go on a hiking trip in Newfoundland, and I was just kind of like at times reminded of the the serene beauty and like you said, the yeah. music that it has plays beautifully into it. 
and it definitely reminded me of that trip. You say it captures that d- drive to explore well? Oh, yes. No. Um, and how does it... Because like you said, there's kind of been a shift in the culture and a lot of movies now kind of have this call to adventure. How do you think that The Secret Life of Walter Mitty does it different? I think they do it different because they were one of the first. Yeah? Like, it's it's one of those, everyone who does it first is always going to be the winner. Like, I, I don't... Sure, I, I sure. Don't, first, don't, man, first man yeah, on the moon. First man on the moon. doesn't. I don't know anyone else after the first guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, sure. They were the first ones to do it. Yeah. And especially at a time that wasn't mm-hmm. kind of receptive of that. It, I guess... The movie almost harpens back. So the way you know the Patagonia, the brand, mm-hmm. do you yeah. Know how, do you know how they were started? I actually don't. So basically, me. it was like this: uh, the founder, the main guy, I can't remember his last name, but Yuvon, Mr. Patagonia. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Patagonia, Mr. Yuvon. Uh, him and his buddies out in California, they would work for six months out of the year, and then they would go do stuff for six months out of the year. Yeah. So they decided to get into like a one of the old Beetle vans. Yeah. And go down to Patagonia. Okay. But they were going to drive there. Mm, interesting. Yes. Interesting. Uh, okay. So they drove from like Los Angeles, California to Fitzroy in, yeah. in Patagonia. And there's, there's just this wow. mass. They made it. Patagonia made a like feature film, quote unquote, about their documentary. But it's this old documentary from the 60s. But it's the exact same vibe. Yeah. I see. So yeah. it, it's able to, you would say it, it like realistically captures that drive to explore mm-hmm. that adventure that we saw in the yeah. Patagonia. That actually, that's a very good comparison. Yeah, I, but I didn't realize that. Anyway, we are going to be talking more about how kind of cultural response fits into um, the secret life of Walter Mitty in a quick second because yeah. we are going to cut to break. So I'll uh, see y'all all later. See you soon. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. We are back after that. Welcome quick back break to with Narrative Analysis, Analysis with Nate, Nate bringing right Max here back. on Radio Free Hillsdale, yep. 101.7 um, FM. We, uh, Take it away, Nate. We have this call to adventure and then what that looks like now. But we haven't really talked about the internal culture of the story itself in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And we kind of see this contrast with the cubicle world versus the actual world that he goes and explores, kind of. Tell me a little bit about that. How does that all play out? His bosses are constantly striving. So basically their main job is they buy and flip companies, which is what they're currently doing with life. So they're a jerk to everybody else there because they're always striving for the end dollar. Whereas this movie is basically striving towards no money. Like there's a, there's a key scene uh, whenever he's seeing Sean O'Connell, yep. like we explained earlier, where Sean is out hunting snow leopards to take pictures of them. A snow leopard comes across... And he doesn't take the picture because he goes, it's not always about the money. He said, whenever the experience is good and the experience is beautiful, you just let the experience go. He said, there will always be other times to do it. Yeah. But there's only one time for experience. Yeah. And essentially, that's what it's pushing towards is counterbalancing the mm-hmm. one time for money stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, and it's also, I think it's interesting to highlight. Do you think it's, entirely against like working or making a living no 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 because okay. no. I, I, I didn't pick that up either it, it's 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 just don't don't hold it in in the highest position like yes. money money should not be the end goal like albeit you should make money yeah 
Money is an is a is a, a tool, not yeah. An end. Money is a tool, not an end. And exactly. I, I think that's kind of what kind of for me what made this movie's call to adventure different. Yeah. Because so many movies, it's throw away your entire life and throw yourself exactly. at adventure. And this movie certainly has an aspect of throwing yourself into adventure, but it's not this end state. Yeah. Um, it allows you to pursue adventure and still also kind of apply yourself and still continue to exist. Yeah, no, because like even at the end of the movie, Walter, even though he's a little bit rougher, quote unquote, like quote unquote sure, rougher, sure, sure, sure. he still retains the neatness about him, the, I guess, going back to the normal way of being as he was before, he yeah. just has all these experiences because he went and did them instead of just simply daydreaming about them. Absolutely. And speaking of daydreams, there's one important character we really haven't talked much about. Oh, Miss Cheryl. Yes, Cheryl. The inspiration for his adventures. Indeed. Would you say she's his muse? She is his muse. He gets caught lacking a lot thinking about mm-hmm. his muse. <laughs> <laughs> Explain to me that what, what that process looks like. How does it start? What's the, what is the, the sequence of daydreams? What are their relationship with Mitty? So in the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to Tom, the eHarmony guy. Mm -hmm. And while he's on the phone with Tom, he gets caught off into this daydream and just, I guess, blanks out on him. And then gets taken to work, uh, is at work, and then daydreams again. So we can see how whenever he's confined to this world, the cubicle world, he daydreams so much. But as everything's pushing him to go adventure more and more and more, we see his daydreams happening less and less and less, which yeah. I guess can it speaks to the don't just dream about it, go do it. So then you have memories and they're not just dreams, but they're yeah. actual actions to do. And it also, at least t- to me, what resonated with that is that as the daydreams were this almost unhealthy, I mean, you have the infatuation to explore. Yeah. But when you're daydreaming, you're not actually exploring. So it's this unhealthy infatuation mm-hmm. with with this fake exploration. Yeah. Um, which gets in the way of his work, gets in the way of his life. And there's one point where she sings and that's what causes him to actually go in his daydream. Yep, he, like, he daydreams her singing. Yep. And he uses her continual daydream. Well, while he's, while he's adventuring, adventuring, he uses her continual daydream to push him forward further and further and further because yeah. he sees her as his, I guess, end goal. Yeah. And it's important that um, I think she plays the role of a muse here and yes. not a siren because this while she's drawing him forward, it's uh, it's this exploration, not this danger. While yes. there is danger in it. Yeah. It's a exploration of self in a positive manner yes. rather than I'm going to destroy you whenever you find me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, how do, what's the relationship with him and Cheryl at the end? Him and Cheryl at the end. It is never super clear, but it is obviously romantic. Yeah. As the final scene, they have united for the last time, and then the movie yeah. just kind of there you go shimmers out. Yeah. Leaves you with a satisfied ending. Yeah, I think that that kind of Cheryl's um, sometimes uh, not necessarily secondary, but kind of back uh, out outside of the limelight role of being this muse this yes. constant drive during the adventure is really important here because he's using his daydreams previously an unhealthy thing and using them productively and using them to inspire him forward exactly um outside out of the cubicle world and forward into the real world um so how does how do you think that plays into i guess like um the culture of the the movie. We kind of talked a little bit about the yeah. cubicle world versus the real world. How does Cheryl play into this? I mean, I think Cheryl is his big 
break from it. She's mm-hmm. she's part of the reason. Like whenever, she, so whenever he's trying to find the film, she's the one that says, "Go find it." Yeah, like go find. Like she goes, "It's only money." Just, yeah, just go find it. Like it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like like what's the harm? You're going to lose your job anyways, so might as well make it a good ending. There you go. Um, I think that's a very yeah. I think I think you're right in how that plays out. Um. Any, I don't know, closing thoughts? Because we are getting closer to the yeah. end here. Um, on, We've talked about the culture in inside of it, culture outside of it. Um, why would you recommend this movie to someone who doesn't go out biking often or isn't necessarily <laughs> that explorer? I think honestly it can just... It, I think it, honestly it can just show you the oppos- opposition to what someone who constantly just... Li- like, as as an explorer-type person... Yeah. I was not always such. I used to like just to stay in my room and do my own stuff. But then once you mm-hmm. get outside and you go adventuring, you get to see so much of the that the world has to offer that you wouldn't see before. And I think this movie kind of highlights the exploration of life rather than just sitting in your room doing stuff. Well, yeah, just sitting in your room. Yeah. Rather than actually getting out and going and doing and experiencing the beauty of the world. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. Um, and I think... That being such a beautiful way to put it, yeah. that's going to be where we end today's episode. It has been fantastic having you on, Max. As someone who maybe is not necessarily the most adventurous type, I'm feeling this call to explore. Thank you, I'm mate. feeling this call to get out there. And I have a better understanding of the culture in which this movie came out and the culture in which this movie sits. I think that um, it's a great movie. Very, like you said, it ca- it captures that Patagonia story that yeah. you were talking about that essence so well of that just pure raw exploration. exploration yeah thank you thank you for having me nate of course anyway folks that's going to be the end of it next week we're going to be taking a look at jojo rabbit the 2019 nazi germany comedy parody so get ready for that one bye bye